It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, a special, special Sunday edition with Jason Shear. I'm Mike Luke. Well, right now, the football staff is done. Um, we know what's going on. We have a pretty good idea of who's going to be on the roster and who's not. Um, Brent Brennan in, obviously, Dino Babers, the worst kept secret in the world. Some of us were able to keep that secret. Some of us couldn't. Um, and then uh, Dwayne Aquina, obviously, we'll, we can go position coach by position coach. But Sheer, what do you think about it? What's your thought on the athletic, uh, on the uh, football program and their hires? I, it's unique to me, you know, because Brent Brennan has head coaching experience, but he did something that a lot of times younger coaches will do, which is bring in other head coaches. Right. You know, Dino Babers has been a head coach. Danny Gonzalez has been a head coach. So that, to me, um, is a very interesting dynamic. I like it, personally. I, I think it's important to have that experience and to know how to run certain things. And um, it, it's a nice mixture. You know, yes, like Babers isn't the youngest and Akina isn't the youngest. But then you have Chip Viney, Matt Adkins, guys like that who are young. So. Right. It's I, I like it. I think the younger guys can learn from the older guys, and I think the older guys could probably learn a little bit from the younger guys. So it, it's a really nice dynamic, in my opinion. One thing that we should know very quickly is what kind of offensive coach uh, Dino Babers still is, and I guess Brent Brennan, because this offense is loaded. Um, now that uh, Raymond Polito is back, you're going to have a, an offensive line where you got Deuce, you got Polito probably on the outside, then you got Wendell Moy, Jonas Savanea, Josh Baker on the interior. Then on the outside, obviously, T Mac's going to be the best wide receiver in the country. You have Malachi Riley, Kevin Green, Kean Burnett is back. In the backfield, we got Fam, probably going to be getting a San Jose State transfer in here as well. Um, and obviously, Noah Fafita. This is an absolutely loaded offense, Sheer. Yeah, I am super curious because, you know, Babers, he called plays at Eastern Illinois, I believe it was, Jimmy Garoppolo. We know his career, all that in college. Um, at Syracuse, he didn't call plays for a bit with Sean Lewis. Sean Lewis left, and Syracuse had a fantastic offensive season when Babers did call plays. But we don't really know, right? right. Like, I, I would assume that Brent Brennan went to Noah Fafita and was like, or is going to go to Babers, I should say, and be like, look, this is the style of offense we want to run. We know that Babers has, has seen everything in right. his years as a head coach. I don't worry about his ability to pick an offense and run it. I'm just super curious how he runs it. Are they going to take more deep shots? Are they going to be RPO, which RPO I think would surprise me a little bit if it's heavy RPO, but right. uh, I, I'm very curious his whole overall approach to this offense because like you said, it is very, very, very talented and it's probably going to get more talented. It's probably going to get more talented as well. And one thing that I think that we know is that, I mean, at least Noah Fafita outside of running like the triple option or something, 
he's a smart enough kid. He's a, a cerebral enough football player that he's going to be able to make it work, whatever it is, just because football, again, I mean, he prepares, but football obviously comes naturally to him as a quarterback. Yeah, I'm not worried about Noah Fafita. I, I think he's going to understand whatever system. And remember, Jed Fish was on record as saying that his system was probably overcomplicated. Like his right. offensive system, we yeah. heard grumblings from players at times that it was an NFL system, like literally, and like college teams don't run what Jed was running in terms of how complicated and stuff. Baber's offense is going to be simple, um, and it, it could help Noah. Like even with this complicated offense, Noah understood it very well, and I would assume that whatever Babers gives to him, he's going to understand it also. One thing that's also very impressive, too, is outside of Jonah Coleman, the entire offense is back. Um, there is no way that uh, there is no way that when Jed Fish uh, left for Washington that he thought that he would only be bringing Jonah Coleman and possibly one or two defensive players. There's just no way. The biggest surprise to me is the offensive line. Offensive yeah. linemen and their coaches bond. They are very close. Right. For Arizona to be able to bring in a guy in Josh Oglesby who really has bonded already with the players from what we've been told, um, you know, uh, Leifstad, Quinn spoke very highly of him when we had him on the show. Uh, it is important, and for Raymond Polito to come back, I mean, just look at Washington. Who do you Washington. want to credit with Raymond Polito back, Sheer? Come on, come on, come on. You, it's all you, Mike. All me. But look at look at Washington. They lost their entire offensive line. Right, right, for sure. And there was, I also thought it was very fascinating as well that when it came out that Noah and T-Mac, that, they didn't really consider Washington. I mean, I knew that behind the scenes. You knew that behind the scenes. But they didn't consider Washington. And uh, when Jed Fish left, they weren't going to follow him no matter what. It was funny because Biggins wrote that article where they went on record with that. And he goes, I hope it doesn't get overlooked that they weren't going to Washington. Like, that cannot be overlooked. Like, people are right. like, oh, they're locked. They're locked. Not only were they not a lock, they didn't consider Washington. They were right. going to Alabama with the board, which I totally get. That being their second right. school. Um, I don't want to say Arizona fans would have been upset if they wouldn't have been upset if they left, but if they left to Alabama, I think part of it would have been like, oh, okay. Because right. at this point, let's be real, every time someone enters the portal from Arizona, I think the first reaction from Arizona fans is anywhere but Washington. That, and that's exactly what it is. And honestly, they've done a good job of keeping uh, most of the uh, good percentage of the defense. I mean, let's talk about it. Takari, uh, you got all three of the safeties back, and uh, you could say, you know, how much of a priority were they for Washington, but all of them were good. I have a hard time believing that Washington wouldn't have taken Dalton Johnson if what Dalton Johnson wanted to follow Jed Fish. Same thing with Gunnar Maldonado. Uh, Takario Davis uh, seemingly coming back is massive because again, you got a. Uh, we'll get to Ephesians here in a second, but you've got a you've got an NFL type corner already lined up along with three safeties that are very familiar with the system. That is a big big play for Arizona getting Takario Davis back. Yeah, I mean, if we assume, you know, and, and we're assuming Takario Davis is at all the team functions and all that, and nothing's done until it's done, but getting him back is huge. It, getting both those guys back is huge, but you want to be able to get one of those corners back. It's not the easiest thing to find a lockdown corner in the transfer portal. Um, you know, again, spring transfer portal is going to be wild. It's, right. It just is. So, like, if Arizona doesn't have a, a super corner going into the spring, you're like, okay, well, let's see what happens coming out of it, you know, but the, the last staff was correct. Matt Doherty, the, the recruiting guy in the last staff was correct. And he said the final college football roster is no longer final until August. Right. And, and that's exactly true. what it is. And, and so like, it's hard for us to analyze it um, in terms of what they're missing. Cause they could easily just go and add something during the spring or they could lose something too. 
All right, now at the uh, at the uh, Ephesians Prize Sock, this is going to be an interesting one because I know that Greg Biggins crystal balled, uh, um, and Greg Biggins is the best in the business. He crystal balled um, Ephesians Prize Sock to Washington. Um, this is one of those things, though. The longer it plays out, the more you got to kind of wonder about it because generally when guys take visits, they go ahead and they commit pretty quickly. Um, this is a, this is going to be a fascinating one to follow because Ephesians also is a guy that knows so many of the players on this current roster. Yeah, this is an interesting one, and and I totally agree. If you visit a school in the portal and you don't commit right away, keep this in mind too. Like eventually, you have to enroll, right? Right, like you have to go to that school if you want to take right. classes and be there for spring football. So that deadline is is coming to a close here. I don't know how Washington works in the semester and all that, but I know like for Arizona to bring in guys, it's probably like this weekend. Like and, otherwise, they're you know they're probably done. Right. And I mean, let's let's be honest too. Jed Fish, to use your favorite term, understands optics. I think uh, if you go on Washington message boards, um, they're overwhelmed so far. I think that they, I think just the general thought was, well, the Jed's going to bring a lot of this roster with him, and essentially he's brought Jonah Coleman, cool, and he'll probably bring Isaiah Ward. But that's essentially been it. And they've hemorrhaged almost everybody on that roster to the point where you got like one starter, uh, one one starter coming back. If Ephesians Prysock was committed to Washington, knowing Jed Fish the way we've seen him, Jed Fish would be plastering that everywhere. Yeah, he is not committed to Washington. Now he might be Could soon. Be. I don't know. But 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 you know, and and um yeah, like you know, the thing is I in Jed is all about optics. Like, and I, and I was of the belief, like, like Jonah Coleman, we talked about Jonah Coleman committing Saturday night uh, after everybody's celebration and all that, that was planned. He was right. the only dude that committed on that Saturday night and others waited to the next day. But your ability to go like, and, and I would say this for Brent Brennan too. He had three San Jose state players on campus this weekend. If those guys don't come to Arizona sooner than later, that's, that's a bad look. Like right. Raymond Toledo visiting Washington and not committing is a bad look. That's his offensive line coach. That's the guy that brought him to Arizona. And he's basically saying, you know what? I'm not really interested in that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's a big thing. Now, let's look at the linebacker spot. Obviously, you got Jacob Manu back. Jacob Manu is about as good a uh, linebacker as there is in the conference and certainly one in the country. It's going to be fascinating to see what uh, unfolds, whether they go portal, what they do, because obviously you want Leviticus Sua to make that next jump, but there is a glaring hole right next to Jacob Manu. I think they got to go out and get an older guy. I, I would assume they wait into the spring and see what kind of jump Sua has made and Camilla, and maybe they can finally figure out Justin Flo, but... Even then, I, I think they have to go out and get a, an experienced guy in the portal. That, to me, on the defensive side of the ball, assuming, you know, let's just say they lose one of the two corners, they probably need to go out and get a corner and another linebacker. Right. And then on the D-line, it's going to be interesting again. It's not done yet, obviously, but uh, I would ex I fully expect Big Bill Norton to come back. Big Bill Norton coming back is a big one. Pardon the pun. Um, this is where they got to do some work, though. You got Ty Ty Uyagalele, obviously, coming back. He's going to play a lot. But then after that, you got Deuce Davis that is in the portal. Isaiah Ward is in the portal. You're going to try to get Trey Smith, uh, all-conference type guy from San Jose State. But defensive line is something they got to work on here. Yeah, I mean, look, Trey Smith is very good. He would be a plug-and-play right away. Uh, Sone Toya is visiting as well. Uh, he would be a guy that will probably play right away. But they still want to add some stuff. And, look, I mean, we're, we're keeping our eyes on everything, right? Like, if Chip Kelly goes to the Seahawks, well, Sione Toya's brother is on UCLA, and he's awesome. Right. 
So, so all of a sudden, maybe he comes to Arizona. I'm, I'm not guaranteeing anything. And all of a sudden, you got a big improvement. Um, there's so many moving pieces. But like you said, they, they absolutely need some more defensive linemen. But all of a sudden, if they land Trey Smith and they land Toya, it, it looks a lot better than it did 48 hours ago. Yeah, exactly. And I'm of the opinion, too. And again, uh, things can obviously change. And I'm not super uh, in tune with what's going on in the Big 12. But I think Arizona is going to be better. I think Arizona, if I had to bet, I think Arizona is going to be the best team in the Big 12 next year. Yeah, I mean, look, it, and, and I, would argue, yeah, I would say top two, top three, you know, right. I think Utah is going to be up there. And, um, but it, it, but like, we're what people don't realize is like the timing of everything sucks for Arizona. But when you look at through the country, like Kansas State lost Will Howard, Texas Tech has lost players, Kansas, like Kansas has lost coordinators, like everybody is losing it. It's just magnified by the fact that Arizona was pretty stable. And now we're at the end of January. And we still have two weeks left. Like the portal's still open for two more weeks right. for Arizona. And with Michigan, it's 30 days. And if Chip goes, it's 30 days. Like this thing is going to be wild for another month. And that's why, again, again, uh, who knows what happens. But if you can get Ephesians Prysock back, all of a sudden you have about as good a defensive back, uh, uh, what, uh, you know, with three safeties and three corners is there probably is almost in the country. I mean, it's crazy to say, but it's about, it's, it, it's up there. That makes the D lines job a lot easier. You can take a lot, you can take more chances. Ephesians price hawk would be a really nice one to get back. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Arizona's running. It sounds like it's a four, two, five, right. And if that's case, you need strong DBs. And if you're able to bring those guys back, you have about as strong of a TV unit and a four, two, five as, as you're going to see in that conference, probably right. And so, getting Prysock, getting Davis back is huge. The first step was Dalton, Gunner, and Trenton Stukes. That's big. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Like if if Arizona finds a way to bring these guys back, that defense is is going to be legit. He's Jason Shear. Uh, follow him on Wildcat Authority. I'm merely Mike Luke. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.